0: This is Rob Turbot for Boxing Social in association with Betfred, delighted as always to be joined by Ben Davison, we're here in Cheshunt today, a little bit of a change of scenery, usually we're catching up somewhere a little bit more exotic, um, how are you Ben? Yeah, good, good, funny pronunciation, but uh, yeah. Why is it? Like chess hunt? we don't. Cheshunt we... No you didn't, you said chess hunt. Well, it's fine I'm not from these parts anyway how are you um, I understand you just got back from Germany with your uh, your new star Mohammed Rabi
1: yeah I uh, was over in Marbella done his training camp in Marbella and then he fought in Germany yeah
0: good now, I haven't seen his performance so I won't lie to you and I have what did you make of it what did you see from him this past weekend yeah it was okay you know it's, it's, it's
1: part of developing together we've only had probably seven weeks together over the space of two fights, so not a bundle of time. But Mohammed was known in the amateurs. He was an amateur world champion and um, Olympic bronze medalist. He was very good, very good timing, good variation, good volume, and um, very, very good mid to short distance. And just developing him, being able to give different looks, different poises, And setting things up a little bit cute, a little bit smarter and a little bit more uh, defensively aware and astute so that, you know, you can make those developments and and progress because it is very different, the amateur game to the professional game. Um, And also working on developing his concentration levels over the, the duration of the round. So it's step by step. I saw part of what we'd been working on and it's just about at the right time trying to make it all click and gel together.
0: Obviously you're you're still quite, a, I know we've had the conversation of age and experience so I don't want to use the term too loosey but relatively inexperienced coach, <laughs> relatively new coach but you've worked with some really high profile fighters, obviously Billy Joe, certain Tyson Fury, even Isaac Lowe when you've worked with him he's been working on big shows and big bills. How different is it you're working with Mohamed Rabi, who's obviously not particularly well known here or in America? I understand he's got good following back in Morocco. Does that make your job easier, more difficult? Is it, is it the same, just not having that kind of scrutiny on him? It's the same thing, you know. I, I pride my I don't think, do you know what, because
1: Tyson's got a bigger profile, I'm gonna work harder on him, you know? Like, I pride myself on my job. It's not about it's not about I don't sit there and think, yeah, if he puts in a better performance then everyone's going to give me loads of credit. I don't think like that. I think, I pride myself. I think to myself, I want every boxer that I work with to perform to the best of their ability and end up the best and fulfil their potential. Um, Whether that's, whether people see it or not, has nothing to do with it. Um, And somebody asked me the other day a question about... um, Achievement, Like my own achievements as a coach and, and what, what I'd like to, uh, what dreams I have of fulfilling as myself. And I said, my goals always stay the same. All, my whole goal all the time is just to get the best out of the fighter that I work with. And if they do that and they keep winning, then achievements come along for the fighter and the coach. But it's, it's the same no matter who it is, whether it's a four round fighter or a world championship fighter, it's all the same.
0: How far away is he from, from kind of where you want him to be? How's the transition been? Obviously, he's very successful as an amateur, as you've just mentioned. Is he sort of getting there? Is there still a lot of work to do? Where is he at kind of this development stage of his career?
1: Yeah, there's still work to be done. Um, he... He's about gelling it together and, and time. Like I say, that we've only spent about seven weeks and for the first couple of weeks that we spent together, he, his English was very limited. But he's obviously gone away and worked on it and this time... It was a lot better and hopefully next time be better again and it it takes time you know, it takes time and you have to go through certain stages to develop as a fighter in the gym in fights you know, you have to have and you have to come across certain types of styles and there was a certain style in this opponent that I wanted for him to have to try and work things out and um, it was good, it was good, I was pleased but there was still part of me that always wants a little bit more from from the fighter
0: you get billy joe saunders in to be a translator
1: yeah he uh, he speaks many different languages <laughs> billy joe i don't know if you've seen but he can hold a conversation with anyone from any language so it seems anyway whether he actually can or not i don't i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah it might be an interesting one um we'll just mention billy joe kind of as, as a bit of a laughing joke but of course he was in action um last weekend or the weekend before I don't know it's all blurring together It's getting to that time of year um, what did you make of his performance against Mr Caceres I've forgotten his name
1: yeah yeah it, it, it wasn't the best performance from Billy Joe obviously I mean from every situation from every every negative there's a positive and vice versa and I said to him it's not a great positive to have I said but you got hit with plenty of shots and not one of them phased you or anything like that and you found a way and that, that's uh, that's what champions do but this isn't new for Billy Joe, you know, it's not like, oh, like this is a, all of a sudden a massive shock. From his first fight, you know, he'd have a good performance, iffy performance, a couple of great performances. He's always done that. And to be honest with you, um, Tyson's the same. Tyson's the same. And, um, but they always find a way, and that's the difference. You know, even when they're not at their best, they still find a way, because not only have they got the pair of them, got an amazing skill set, They've got abundance of heart and abundance of bollocks
0: second fight at super middleweight well second official fight at super middleweight obviously box charles adami i think he's a cruiserweight um but yeah sorry Bill, um it's a second consecutive performance where all right he obviously had the win and picking up the title with yourself but one or two criticisms of him as a super middleweight do you agree with that i know we've spoken in the past about you prefer to see him down at 160 is that still the case
1: yeah, I'll, I have always said that, that I think he's, he, he's best at a middleweight, but also there's opportunities, you know. And how long was he at middleweight for and no opportunities opened up for him? I know it's a different situation um, now and it's a different point in his career, and the fighters around him are at different points of their careers. So they're now actually all under the same banner, so it could be very different. But he's now got a world championship at, at, at 168. But also, what you have to remember is as soon as there's a change and there's a little bit of, ooh, straightway people are going to go on to the change realistically Billy Joe probably spars at the same weight he's getting in the ring with and always has done even as a middleweight so he's used to performing at that actual weight whatever he steps on a scales at forget do you know what I mean what he performs at in the gym he's probably the same weight as what he's stepping in the ring at at um, super middleweight which I'd estimate I know it was uh, in Stevenage I don't know what his actual weight was when he stepped in the ring the other night but I also know that you know, he got over there late, um, due to certain things, it was his first time boxing in America and you know, lots of factors into it, but uh, I wouldn't read too much into it because like I said, he's, he's had up and downs all through his career, but he's always, always, always found a way. And when he's on song, there's no one that will beat him.
0: Obviously much was made about the fact that he was going into this fight with Dominic Ingle again, obviously having spent some time with him before and with yourself. To your knowledge, is that the way he's going to be from now on? Have you spoken to him about potentially working together going forward? What's Billy Joe's current situation with regards to training?
1: I haven't spoken to him about that. I haven't spoken to him about that. Obviously, I've I've always spoken to Billy Joe. I've always worked with him for a long, long time, even before I've been his head trainer. Um, so, you know, he's got he's got. Um, Whatever he feels is right for him. Whatever he feels is right for him. And he'll go from there. But I've not uh, had that discussion with him.
0: We'll wait and see. Um, Canelo Alvarez is a name that's been... Well, he's linked with everybody from sort of 154 to 175. Um, but that's a fight that's been, been called for oh, by I've Billy Joe for a with, while. Uh, Andy Ruiz. <laughs> Do you know what? So have I. While we was out there for Canelo Kovalev, there were people talking about that fight. I think that's probably a little bit too much. But what did you make of his performance against Sergo Kovalev? Obviously, first fight, at £175.
1: Yeah, it was a smart performance. To be honest with you, he went about it in a slightly different way than I anticipated. Um, not too far different, but slightly different and I think I think that had Kovalev been a younger man he wouldn't have been able to go about the job in that way Um, but nevertheless he did and he got the job done, looked good and a great finish, showed that again he can carry his power at that weight up until the end of a fight
0: was it smart matchmaking, picking Sergei Kovalev as opposed to a Baturbeev, as opposed to a Bivol, somebody like that? Could you see Canelo beating those two other champions? It's hard to say, isn't it? I don't think
1: uh, it, that would be a really tough ask. Is it smart matchmaking? Yeah, but that's part of the game, isn't it? It's, it's you know, the right time. And I remember hearing a story about Sugar Ray Leonard and, and Marvin Hagler, mm. about how he became pally with him and waited and waited and waited. And when he felt it was the right time, that was when he, he tried to make the fight. But. Um, that that's part and parcel of boxing, and uh, he's still achieved great things, and he's a fantastic, really, really fantastic fighter. Do I think that Billy Joe could beat him? One hundred percent, hand on my heart, I believe Billy Joe can beat him.
0: Is Canelo now pound for pound number one fighter. I don't know what your thoughts were beforehand, um, so why don't you tell me that? What was your thoughts on him beforehand, and does the Kovalev win change anything for you? I'm not a massive
1: pound for pound guy. Yeah, pound for pound guy, but. Listen, he's obviously up there. I mean, how do you how do you how do you work pound for pound? Because he's gone through the weight classes, with big jumps between the weight classes. In the smaller weight classes, not so much of a big of a jump. Do you score it like that? Do you score the best overall? And I mean, I'm not a massive pound for pound guy to be honest.
0: So what are you saying is
1: a stupid question? Let's
0: move on. Not a stupid <laughs> question, but I just
1: I don't see how some people may say, do you know what, he's the best and if he was this weight he'd beat this person and that's how they score pound for pound or somebody who's gone through the weights well what if you've got an unbelievable fighter that's not gone through any weight classes but just an absolute dominance I don't I just I'm not sure
0: fair enough um one of the reasons that I'm here today apart from to see you of course is to talk about fight this week that I know you're going out for in Las Vegas Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz uh, Deontay Wilder somebody you know very well obviously talk to me about that fight Yeah, an interesting fight. It is an interesting fight. I'm going over
1: there because if I can see one thing and pick up just one thing that I didn't see and haven't seen while watching hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of him, then it's worth it because in this game, 1% can make a difference. And it's the margin of errors is so small. So, you know, for me to go over there. I could have just flown over there on the Friday and watched the fight, but I also want to watch the media workout, see if I can see something. And like I say, if I can spot one thing, it's worth it. As opposed to the, in regards to the fight, sorry. I think Ortiz, although he's obviously older now than he was when they fought the first time, I think he'll still be very reactive for the first three to four rounds. But as we always say, and everybody knows, if Wilder hit, lands flush in the first 10 seconds or the last 10 seconds, he can potentially and more than likely end the fight. Um, so it's an interesting one. At this level, it boils down to tactics. It really does, it boils down to tactics. And if all tees cannot take away Wilder's right hand, then it's not gonna last very long. But if Wilder doesn't respect all tees and isn't so smart and set things up, and he's a little bit too eager, he could get tipped upside down himself
0: obviously a lot of the talk heading into this fight over the last few months has been about wilder fury 2 in february mm. um, can you clarify all being well wilder comes through this weekend unscathed no cuts no broken hands obviously with a win in the bank is that fight 100% on to my knowledge
1: yeah what date and what this and what that—that's not my job. I mean, it's the broadcasters and the promoters and the management, and you know, I just get told that's the date, and that's that, and then we organise training camp and all the rest of it. But to my knowledge, yes.
0: Will Tyson be in attendance this week in Las Vegas?
1: Uh, no, no. He's uh, he's having a well-earned bit of rest now.
0: So he's not doing MMA training somewhere, anywhere or wrestling or, I don't know, doing an arm wrestling competition I don't know, is he not?
1: Listen, I couldn't tell you that he's not doing anything like that because you never know. He could be doing a skydive, you never know. He's a very
0: unpredictable guy
1: and he's chosen his boxing style actually as well.
0: Now I know you've been here while Tyson's been kind of jet-setting so we won't go into it too much because i know you well enough to know you're very shrewd and won't give too much away because you've not been there but he's been literally everywhere recently yeah. every time I, I i pull up twitter he's there youtube he's doing wwe he's now talking about mma and, and ufc what's that like for you to kind of be here while he's out and kind of opening up all of these other avenues and talking about all of these other things away from boxing
1: yes yeah, but uh, do you know what i actually had the conversation with him the other day and he said oh what you've been up to and i said oh, i'm with muhammad in that he said well listen Do you know what I mean, it's good, it keeps you occupied and that's the same for him, he's kept himself busy, Um, not only has he kept himself busy, he's done amazing publicity and advertisement and promotion for the next fight, he's literally put himself everywhere, finger in every pie, Um, the WWE world are now starting to know about him and the fight and the this and the that and you know he's uh, been on the the talk shows in the mornings and all this sort of thing. So he's done a hell of a lot of work in promotion for this fight already. So you asking me, me to fight on? I'd say that it looks that way with the amount of work that Tyson's done, you know. So, but he's also kept himself busy, which is which is very important for Tyson. And um, it's good for me to see that uh, me with me taking a step back. Not that he needs me to take care of him. He's a grown man. Do you know what I mean? But when we first started working together it was almost like what do i do if i'm not in training camp or not boxing and and he's like keeping himself busy and even if it's a little something that's not the usual gone and train with darren Till and things like this it's, it's good and it's smart for him for his mental health and and all the rest of it so it's good to
0: see are you wary at all about him potentially taking his eye off the ball too many things going on. Obviously, he has become like a, a huge name. Um, not that he wasn't already, but relatively speaking, to what he is now, I mean, it's it's very very different. Are you not concerned about him possibly taking his eye off the ball and maybe too many things at once?
1: People say the same thing about Tyson all the time. You know, um, is he going to be ready? Is he is he in the right mental state? Is he this? Is he that? But. He's got one, himself, he knows the importance of the fight, of course he knows the importance of the fight. Two, he's got too many people around him to remind him, if that's the case. And, you know, what can you do before Wilder's fault? What if he does goes into training camp and Wilder gets tipped upside down on the weekend? Uh, so, there's nothing we can do until after Saturday, but he's in shape, he's been training, and uh, once we know Saturday, what. What, what's going on then um, we can get to work and to be honest with you I'm looking forward to getting back to work um, not just obviously I've just finished working with Mohammed, but get back to work with Tyson and the rest of the lads and you know it's, it's enjoyable and I enjoy being around the, the, the team we've got a really really good team that have very good chemistry and uh, I suppose I miss them
0: Poor you. Um, you mentioned the people around him. I watched the interview that Shane did with Coogan out in Saudi. Um, raised one or two eyebrows. Sorry, just wait for that bell to stop. Uh, sorry, people who are watching this who will no doubt complain about that. It's kind of one of the things that happens if you're in a gym. Um, if you saw the people working out, you'd understand why I haven't told them okay. to stop. Um,
1: yeah, looks but, like you're always the one watching the workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I am always the one watching the workout. Thanks, Ben. Um, cheeky <laughs> bastards. Um... um Shane's interview was very interesting he was talking about people blowing smoke up Tyson's ass and potentially not being there to, to keep him in check and put him where he needs to be and obviously that was something that was spoken about kind of directly and indirectly after his last performance against Otto Wallen just your thoughts on first of all Shane's interview and then whether or not you agree with him. I mean, you've been closer to Tyson over the last sort of three or four months in particular obviously I know longer than that than anybody so just your thoughts on those comments
1: Shane's a straight-talking man. I like Shane, he's hilarious as well. But uh, he's a straight-talking man and that's a question to ask Shane, to be honest with you. Um, But I don't really know what to say to that. Um, It's sort of a discussion that's to be held within the team, really. Um, And I'm not saying... I don't think that Shane means anything like this is a major problem, but he's just saying, Look, it's something to be aware of. And I always, I always say this I'll put it this way with Tyson, he's a very. I said before in an interview that a big part of my job and the team's job altogether, and everybody's job who's looking, looking uh, part of the team with him, is to try and keep him balanced. Yeah? And I see it like this. There's guidelines that are healthy because it's a bit of an up and down character. It's no secret, so to say. So I was thinking how to word that, but it's like, it's not a big, big secret. There's sort of these guidelines that in my head I think, OK, if I see him in these guidelines, I'm happy with that, yeah? And that's the balance. They're the guidelines. If he goes above that, that's when I start to think, OK, a little bit of... Let's try and do something to bring it back into the guidelines. Um, and I think sh- what Shane's just trying to say is sometimes he just needs a little bit of guiding back into the guidelines um, because he's an, ext- he's an extreme character. But that is part of his strength as a boxer as well because if he's in a, in a good, 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 good and everyone else around him is... is um, the same, it would just keep going up and up and up and up and up. But it works in a way where, if he said as a joke, I could run straight through that wall over there. And everyone was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would genuinely believe I can run straight through that wall. And that is a strength. Or, to be honest, even the opposite. He'd uh, say, I can run straight through that wall. We used to do, he'd it, get in the gym and he'd say to me, I can do uh, 10 reps of that over there. I'd say, no, you can't watch this then, bang. And I knew if I said, no, you can't, he'd have to show me, you know. So it's, it's a huge part of his strength, but it's just trying to keep in the guidelines and the right times and people that know him and, and all the rest of it. So, But like I say, the overall question of what exactly Shane meant, you'd have to ask Shane, but that's my take on, on sort of the situation.
0: Bro. Not sure whether or not you answered it, but you, you, you spoke about that's it. My,
1: that's my take on... The blowing smoke up his ass is a saying, yeah? And what I'm trying to say is my take on the situation of people around, what Shane was talking about, is the team that we have are very good at keeping Tyson sort of balanced. And um, that's the important part of the, an important part of the role that we play when talking about what Shane was talking about. Like I say, blowing smoke up, up his ass is is a saying. Basically, saying building and building and building. So, but in terms of what your question probably is, is in a roundabout way, who is it, who do you think it is, and all the rest of it? That's a question that you'd have to ask Shane.
0: My question is more, more along the lines from you being a trainer and being with him throughout various camps and obviously out of camp is have you noticed the difference in him really from, let's say, I don't know, the First Wilder fight to the Wallin fight in between them, the camps for them. Did you notice anything? Were there any things that you saw that you potentially didn't see in the first Wilder camp? That's kind of where I was going.
1: Uh, They're very, very norm to be honest. The camp was shorter for, for Wallin yeah, yeah. due to, you know, it being a bit of a... Not as set in date in time. Um... As opposed to, as opposed to everything else, just the norm you know He's not, he didn 't have the same didn 't have the juices flowing like he would for a while, but that's very very normal you know um, everybody knows that tyson 's type of fighter that raises to the occasion rises to the occasion, and the the bigger the, the test you put in front of him, the better you 're going to see of him, and he didn 't quite have the the thing for an Otto Wallin,
0: but I think that that's the same for many many fires okay well moving away from that I'm probably not going to see you now before I go out to Saudi um for Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz feels like it's kind of crept up on us this fight um like not too long ago, it seemed like a really long way away, and now it's almost upon us. It's always the way, it's always the way, particularly in boxing. Um, what do you make of that rematch? Has your thoughts changed the closer the fights come? Just talk to me, Mark. Um, there's a hell of a lot of
1: questions for me to actually answer that because how is Joshua going to react after you know he's getting stopped? Is he going to be a little bit hesitant? Is he going to be more, grow some confidence from it? I don't know. You know, changing his training and, and feeling a little bit better. I don't know. One thing I will say, in terms of a tactical standpoint, when I was asked about the fight before the first fight, I, I was talking about uh, Ruiz catching and countering. And I said that he will struggle to do so because of Josh's power. When he was getting hit, it would. Um, take him off balance and, and he'd lose his positioning. But one thing I noticed, I watched the fight back a few weeks back, and one thing I noticed, as opposed to catching the shot like this, where your weight, goes, your weight goes where your head goes. If I put my head over my front foot, my weight goes over my front foot. If I put my head back, my weight goes back. See, if I'm blocking a big right hand and my glove's touching my head, it's going to take my head back. And I thought that if Ruiz was catching and countering with Joshua he'd lose his positioning because of Joshua's power, punching through the guard. But what I noticed when I watched the fight back, he wasn't. He actually meets the shot. So as you're throwing, he'll meet the shot, meet the shot, meet the shot. By doing this, it allows him to remain in position to fire back with the counters. So he doesn't lose positioning, which is smart, but as you can see, it also leaves gaps. So with the right setup, given the different looks and feinting and variety of the punches, they could you could expose those gaps, but you have to have confidence, you have to be smart you 're going to have to have good endurance levels and one thing that I think Joshua could could add to his game is a little bit more of everything 's almost maximum output, every jab is maximum output, every right hand is maximum output, whereas' a little bit more varying it up a little bit touching with a jab, touching with a jab, then shooting. Um, but all this will stand for nothing if he gets in there and he's not in the right headspace. So that's something that nobody can answer until we see it on the night, and that's the big question.
0: Also, seeing well, it's now started to, I guess, sort of trickle out the news that he's working with Angel Fernandez. Um, something that certain people in boxing have known for a while. Um, but what do you make well, of you
1: that? You say that a smirk on your face,
0: like <laughs> I knew. I didn't know. <laughs> But anyway, let's move on. Um, Angel Fernandez is somebody that I know that you know well, um, or you know of him. Yeah. Um, having kind of, I know you told me that you'd, you'd instructed Tom Little to go and, and train with him and work with him. Yeah. What can you tell me about Angel Fernandez? What can you tell the viewers about Angel Fernandez, And what do you think that he will bring to Anthony Joshua for the rematch? I
1: couldn't tell you too much because he'll have his own philosophy. You know? I, don't, I, don't, I can't tell you his philosophy because I've not spent time in the gym with him, but I've seen that he's quite... Uh, uh, focuses on the technical aspect of the game and but in terms of his philosophy and, and what adjustments he would see and like to make in, in Joshua, I can't tell you that um, but I think that um, that's a question for you to ask him is that news even like, is
0: it like out or not out? Or. Seen a few interviews and I've seen a few not few articles circulating that are, that state it. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. None of which on boxing social. Um, but uh, yeah, you'd have to ask him that. You'd have to ask him that. Do you think there's been enough time to make the the, the required changes for Anthony Joshua going into this fight? I mean, a lot of people have looked at. Kind of his weight, Ruiz is where I think everybody's kind of trying to nitpick every loose end going into this fight. Is your gut feeling that he he has enough time to address the issues that obviously cost him the first fight?
1: I don't know because every fight is different. Every fighter adjusts uh, at different levels and different speeds to to others. In terms of the weight and this Daniel percentage wise, he's not going to come in at 16 stone four pounds. Do you know what I mean? Percentage-wise, what the adjustment is going to be is probably going to be minimal, percentage-wise. So people probably make too much of a of a deal of, of that. Um, but, like I said, at this level, it all boils down to tactics. He's worked with Rob for a very, very long time, so I'm sure that Rob will know the best way for him to go about the job with his attributes and weaknesses, strengths and weaknesses. So, um, but like I said before, it's... All that will count for nothing if you 're not in the right headspace, so a big part of that that is what i 'd be looking at the way he, what and what headspace he in when he 's asked certain questions, how does he react so it 's an interesting one, but i 'd like to see him get the job done.
0: on the flip side, Andy Ruiz who 's obviously coming off the biggest win of his career by by a considerable stretch, um, enjoyed life as heavyweight champion, I think it 's fair to say certainly in the immediate aftermath of that. What does he have to be wary of in this fight? Obviously you're gonna have or potentially have a, a kind of a reinvigorated hungry Anthony Joshua. He's now kind of reached the mountain top. We all saw what happened with Buster Douglas after he beat Mike Tyson, he got flattened by Van der Holyfield. What does he have to be wary of in that rematch? And do you feel that like he can do it again? Do you think he can pull it off again?
1: Every way boxing, anything can happen, so I wouldn't say that he can't, but um, I would say that he has to be how I figure it, he'd have to be smart about not being set up into any traps he'll have to be uh, wary, smart, he's experienced and that showed when they was at mid to short range. So I think that he'll need to, I'd imagine that at that mid to short range Joshua will try to close the, close the gap and, and smother Ruiz from being able to get his variety and speedy shots off rather than pulling out. Um, so I'd say that he need to be clever in how to prevent that and stop that from happening, being clamped by a big man like that. But I'm sure he's... The problem is he's boxed... He would have boxed men this size bigger than him throughout all of his career, really, because I wouldn't say he's not a small heavyweight, but he's short heavyweight. Um, but he's lumpy, you know? So he's probably faced this style plenty and plenty and plenty of times before, so... He's not going to... I don't think he's going to phase him as much. Whereas Joshua's the one that's having to make an adaption and probably working on things he's probably not worked on before. So I think the bigger that that's why the major eyes on the, the adjustments that Joshua will make.
0: If you had one pound and you could only put it on Anthony Joshua or Andy Ruiz, who would you put it on and why? It's only a pound.
1: If he's in the right headspace, I want to go with Anthony Joshua. If he's in the right headspace, because I think that he's been on this big stage before, he's dealt with big fights before, he was the first one who found the, op- found the gap and found the opportunity and dropped Ruiz but he was the one that made the mistake in the last fight as opposed to Ruiz actually exploiting, not exploiting but Ruiz actually it wasn't like Joshua was doing what Joshua should be doing at, at distance and Ruiz done something to, to close the gap. Joshua closed the gap for Ruiz and gave him an opportunity so <clears throat> that's why I'll, uh, I'll go with Joshua. But like I say, it's all about what Headspace is in.
0: Okay, I think we're about there. Just before I go, um, back to Tyson and kind of UFC, MMA, WWE, Fantasyland. Um, is he actually going to fight in MMA or UFC? Because obviously there's been a lot of talk about it, but he talks about a lot of things. Um, I'm a boxing man, as are you. I'd love to see him box for the next five or six years, but he's talking about this, that, and the other. Is there any chance of him being an MMA fighter, being a UFC fighter? Would you put it past him? Probably not, no. But... I wouldn't either. You never know. What would you do if he said to you, like, right, Ben, I'm, I'm going to fight two fights in the UFC next year? Um, and that's that. What would you say? Would you be, would you be okay with that? Would you be happy with that? His, his, his own man. He's a
1: 31-year-old man. I'm not going to say, no, you're not. <laughs> Sit down there, do you know what I mean? Uh, and, uh, I don't know. You'd have to see if he's any good at it first. Obviously, I'd give him an honest opinion to say, listen, I think you can do something. Oh, I think you want to swerve that one. Obviously, I'd give him an honest opinion, but... He's his own man, and uh, like I say, he's got, he's got people around got that uh, advise him well. Um, family, friends, management, um, promoters. He's got a good team around him, so whatever he wants to do, the world is his oyster. Conor McGregor trying to take your job. He is, not he? I was going to say, uh, <coughs> I'll
0: set about him if, if that's the case, but I think I might lose that one, so I'll swerve it. Well, we are doing this interview in an MMA cage, so read read of that what you will. Well, what
1: um, I'm doing, what I'm actually doing is, I'm just learning a little bit myself. So when I, I know what I'm looking at when I when I see Tyson prepare for it, so I can say to Connor, kind of, listen, he's doing this wrong, mate. This is what he needs to be doing. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, Ben Davison, as always, real pleasure. Thanks very much for making time for me after I begged you in the early hours of last night. Um, enjoy your trip to uh, sunny Las Vegas, uh, although I'm not sure it's going to be that sunny. It was no, really cold when ben, I was over the there.
1: A little, bit, a little bit for the cold, to be honest with you. Yep.
0: I do as well. I just put on a little bit of extra weight to keep me insulated. You know, didn't you? <laughs> well, I put
1: a little bit too much, so I'm here to try and get a little bit of it back off.
0: <laughs> okay, Ben Davison, as always, real pleasure. Thanks very much for speaking to Boxing Social.
1: No problem we <laughs>